Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Audrey, and I'm your host. You owe yourself the love you so freely give to other people. This reminder is one of our favorites to share on Instagram, and it always makes us feel amazing when you show us how much you love it too. You also let us know that you want to hear stories from women who were the ones to make the decision to end their marriage. That's why we're doing this episode about how it's okay to want a divorce. And there's nobody better to do it with than our friend Nicole. Nicole Amatoro is here to talk about how this was a part of her own life and to share how she became a personal growth and love coach to help other women realize this as well. This episode is really about being able to love yourself, to forgive yourself for wanting your best life possible, and celebrating how liberating self-love can be. Make sure you stay tuned to hear Nicole share the amazing story of her relationship with her kids today and why they still love her after she divorced their father. Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle is a weekly podcast, so make sure you subscribe to keep up with new episodes we're curating to help empower and uplift you as you embrace your fresh start. This podcast is for you, so join our Facebook group, Worthy Women and Divorce, to let us know what you think and what you want to hear. You can also get more at worthy.com slash podcast. We're going to take a quick break, and then we will be right back with Nicole. When you sell a piece of jewelry, you can't control how much it's worth, but you can make sure that you're selling smart with a team of experts and advocates behind you at Worthy. Your engagement ring can be a financial asset that allows you to embrace a new and fulfilling life after divorce. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com slash podcast to learn more. We've been hearing from you guys about how you want to talk more about what divorce is like when it's something that you chose. And we have the perfect person to talk about this discussion. So we're going to unpack all of that with our amazing friend, Nicole. So welcome to the podcast, Nicole. Hi, Audrey. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. When we had our call last week to kind of figure out what we were going to talk about we, we had this moment where I was like, Nicole, we have to get off the phone. We have to save it for the podcast because <laughs> we were just having so much fun. And I just think that your insights are amazing. And I'm really excited about this episode. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Yes, of course. I said, I felt like you were like a friend. I'm like, yeah. Wait a I really have never met you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But this community is like beyond normal friends. And here we are connecting with one another and empowering each other. So I'm really, really pumped. So why don't we start, you can maybe introduce yourself, like a little bit about your personal background and your professional background, so people who don't know who you are can get a little bit of your background. Okay, so my background story is that I was married for 16 years, and it was like I had it all, the beautiful house, you know, a great husband that provided, he was a great father, I had my dream career as a teacher that I always dreamed of since I was a little girl, and on the outside, it looked like I had it everything I had ever wanted. Right. And for a long time, I kind of like beat myself up. Like, well, what, why are you not happy? Like, what is wrong with you? You should be in love. You should feel this. And I started to not feel the same way I did about my, my husband. And it was heartbreaking because we had a cute little family and we were very close knit family, honestly. And it took a long time for me to honor my soul So I went with like the path of least resistance. And after about 
three times of trying to get the courage to, you know, get a divorce. The third time I finally, I finally did it. And honestly, it was harder to hang on at that point than to just let go and see where I was supposed to go. And then that's where it all took me. So after I got a divorce, I started to realize that I was taking me wherever I was going. So I knew that I had to work on self-love and I didn't understand why or even really what that meant at the time, honestly. Mm -hmm. But I just knew that like I had pieces of me that were incomplete and broken and, and needed to heal. So in that, I started to work with a spiritual teacher and I started to learn about self-love and I started to learn about relationships as our mirrors for what's going on within ourselves Basically, everything just kind of made sense as to why I chose that partner, why I was in the position that I was in, why I was feeling the way I was. And then what really started to happen was when I started to date, it's like the shit like hit the fan. I was like, okay, what is going on within me? Because why am I attracting these guys that should be chasing me? And I'm the one, you know, panicking and getting anxiety and chasing them. Mm -hmm. And then that's when like it all really starts to come together. And I started to put what I was learning and it was really putting it in action now. And I ended up healing so much. I mean, we're always a work in progress. That's something to, you know, to remember that it's like in layers, right? We're like onions, right? We just peel back different layers and we're always uncovering different pieces that need to be healed. And I finally did what I needed to do. And then I attracted my, my love into my life today and I, now I teach other women. So I, I got my master's in holistic health. I was trained in Gabby Bernstein's Spirit Junkie Masterclass, Mike Dooley's Infinite Possibilities programs, and all different other programs. And now I just help women all around the world. And it's the most gratifying thing to see women stepping into their power, following their heart, instead of what society thinks is right, right for them and their family. And that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> So we're going to unpack all of that because you basically just told the whole story. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, don't apologize. It's your story. It's, it, you know, it's great. And I think it's, it's also nice for people to kind of see the whole picture because I think so many people can relate to so much of what you just said. This pressure to stay in something and to make it work and then being able to identify yourself as somebody who is worthy of more and and deserving of big love and and all of that. So I think we've got a lot to talk about here that that people definitely want to know more about. And you're so special because you have been through it, but you also are trained in it now and you're helping other people. And it's just this amazing kind of full circle thing that I think will really inspire a lot of our listeners. So let's start by talking a little bit about that beginning of your marriage. And I know you were young, so why don't you you tell people a little bit about how you ended up in this marriage? Okay, so I was 19 when I got married. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was pregnant. And okay, so it's funny, like prior to meeting my ex-husband, I was in an abusive teenage relationship. And in that relationship, it, it was so abnormal And there was so much dysfunction, right, Mm -hmm. that when I met my ex-husband, he was, like, normal in quotes. Like, he had a normal family. Like, they didn't throw dishes across the room. Like, they were, like, you know, happy. And that, to me, was, like, such a turn-on, honestly. It was, like, wow, you're hot. You have a normal family. Like, this is amazing. (laughs) Because 
for me, like my family was like your typical New York Italian family. Like you didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. There was chaos all the time. Like I didn't know what I was coming home to. And I just recreated that in that relationship, my teenage relationship with my ex-boyfriend before I got married. So then when I found myself, you know, dating my ex-husband, it was so nurturing to be in a stable, like stable environment to just know what to expect, to know that he loved me, to know that he wasn't going anywhere. He wasn't going to leave me. I had emotional abandonment issues and that in itself, like I was just so grateful for. But what happened was he kind of needed me to be broken for us to work. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, like you you were talking about how your family fostered this different kind of energy. And and I think those formative years and the behavior that we have modeled for us, it, it really shapes who we are and the choices that we make. So, you know, you had this this relationship in high school then and and then you were able to identify that that's not what you wanted. So then you met your ex-husband and it was like he was healing in those mm-hmm. ways for you, but it was temporary because it was dependent on you needing him. Absolutely. Like that was in a nutshell. And you're right. What we create in this world is through our beliefs that we formed before mm-hmm. we were even like seven years old. Yeah. So when so when you think about that, like you look like an adult right now, right? Yeah. But you actually have this little person running your whole entire life with her fears, with her insecurities, with her beliefs about men, about love, about money, about success, about what she's capable of, everything. Right. And that's what we create. And we just give our power away because we think, oh, there's just some greater force that has our life planned out for us. Yeah. And and we can't change it. Right. This is how things are. Or even being able to say, who am I to want more than this? Oh, yes, definitely. The big part to me was like, who am I to think I can have this? Yeah. It's interesting though. I mean, you did have this great life. And actually, I have this quote from this first piece that you wrote for us. So you wrote you wrote into Worthy in response to a campaign that we did. And you wrote this article that was called I Choose Me. And it was kind of all about like here mm-hmm. you were, you had found yourself in this perfect from the outside marriage. And in many ways, it was healing for the things that your life had been missing before and in your childhood. So here's, mm-hmm. here's what you wrote. You said, I couldn't shake the nagging, empty feeling I had, which I now know was a messenger telling me somehow I wasn't where I was meant to be. Until I realized this, I blamed myself for a while thinking I didn't know how to be happy or there must be something wrong with me. I must be crazy, I insisted. I fought it for a while, but the more I tried to fight it, the more I suffered in pain. The more I tried to hold on, the more my soul was being whisked out of my body. Mm, Just hearing that, I get chills. Yeah, well, (laughs) I think for for people who have read it on our blog, they also get chills. And if you want to read, by the way, if you want to read this whole piece, you can go to worthy.com slash podcast and we'll have this article available for you and, and some other things that Nicole has written for us as well. But I, I think this is a really great piece. And, you know, I'm just I'm sitting here thinking, and it's really interesting to me. We were talking about how you have these formative years and, and how it shapes what you're thinking, but then at the same time, there's these kind of adult expectations that we have. So, like, yes, there's this small child inside of you who has already developed what's normal and what's good and what's bad. But at that point in your life, you saw that like you had what is 
consider to be the perfect life and, and still you weren't happy. Right. And one of the hardest parts was not caring about the judgments of totally. everybody else. Yeah. You know, and I had like close friends of mine that were judging me, you know, and saying that she's going to end up going back to him. You know, he's a good guy. She doesn't know what she's doing. And I had to really be strong in in what I felt mm-hmm. because when you're feeling so weak, you know, and, and unsteady, all those comments is what makes some people run back and just think that she's right. You know, right. I'm doing the wrong thing. I should just be happy. There's something wrong with me. I'm just not lovable. And I did that for a long time. I was kind of like, I'm just not lovable. Like, I just can't accept love. There's something about me that just can't accept love. I don't know what it is. Oh, that's so sad that you're yeah, living like it? that for so long. And and I just shushed it. <laughs> yeah. So you had three children in this marriage. And you talked about how you, on your third round of deciding that you wanted to end your marriage was when it finally happened. So tell us a little bit about what was going on there. What happened the first and the second time? And what was that like for you? So it's funny. There's a a book written. It's called The Big Leap. And it's by Guy Hendricks. And they talk about like these upper limits we have, right? Uh And I didn't, this is just what I've read after the fact. But when I first tried to leave the first time, oh, there was the hurricane. Okay, so it was like a natural disaster. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Forced us to be in the house together and talk and try and work things out and and all these fears, you know. So we we ended up getting closer again in the hurricane and trying to, like, work it out because it's like a natural disaster. So you're you're clinging together, you know. Yeah. And so we tried. And then the second time was my ex-husband got very sick. What happened was actually um, he got a flu virus. And the virus actually has started to attack his own body. So it was like in his nervous system. And, you know, I believe very spiritually and like Louise Hay with how what's going on physically is just a manifestation of a lot what's going on emotionally. Uh-huh. And there was so much to the sickness that he had, but a lot of it was suppressed anger mm-hmm. on his part. Yeah. So the reason I brought up the book about the upper limit was because it talks about like when you're ready to do something big. It's like we create something to stop us, you know? So yeah, a natural disaster. My ex-husband getting really sick. Like, I was so scared, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, you talked a little bit about this before, but I think there's the stigma from your friends. But you obviously also were kind of putting that on yourself. Like, you didn't feel like you had the right to end the marriage. And so you were obviously feeling really guilty about it. Oh, absolutely. That was like spot on. So what happened was because I had these own insecurities, Mm -hmm. like I said, right, like life is a mirror. So what did I attract? But I attracted people to validate my doubts. Wow. Yeah. So it was like everything that I was had going on in the background. That's just what I was attracting, right? To keep me stuck in that same position. So for the third time, what happened was I basically was going to work I was doing what I had to do. And I just accepted, like, I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this for the kids. He's a good guy. You know, I should just be happy. And I tried to just, you know, find the positives and everything. And I was, and I was really trying hard to just, to just be, you know, and and accept. So I would go to work. I would come home, do what the kids had to do, you know, cook dinner, eat dinner. And then I would go up to bed by like eight o'clock at night. The faster I can get to bed, the better. 
to just lay there. And then my, you know, my daughters would come in and hang out with me at times. Uh-huh. And I started to just realize that's where I said where my soul was being whisked out of my body. I lost my desire to want. I lost my desire to do things. I lost my desire to live. Honestly, it was just kind of like I was existing. And I had met someone actually in the nail salon, which is just a really funny story. I was getting my nails done, right? And she just kept staring at me. And I was like, you know, just that happens to me. People always think they know me. I have a familiar face, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was just like, oh, hi, you know, how are you? And we started talking because we were at the drying table together for our nails. And I just learned that she was, she was about 10 to 15 years older than me. Mm-hmm. And she had just gotten a divorce. And she was saying how, you know, she just wished she had done it sooner. And she was kind of like explaining the way I was feeling, right? And Mm -hmm. she was looking at me after I learned, like I had it all together. She was like, you know, you're like well-dressed. You're like a beautiful girl. Like I was looking at you like she has a perfect life. And so we were both like kind of like a mirror for each other, you know? So we ended up meeting for lunch, actually, and talking and she, you could just tell she was just supposed to be part of my, my life path. Like her, she had a bracelet at the time. I felt like a very strong angel around me, Raphael. And when I met up with her at lunch on her wrist was a bracelet and guess who was hanging from her bracelet was Raphael, the angel. So it was just like, yeah, it just was like, oh my God, this is like too weird, you know? And I'm like, okay, so you're meant to be in my life for a reason. And through her, just seeing, you know, that I, I'm wasting time. Like, you're not happy, Nick. Like, that's what I kept telling you. Like, yeah. honor yourself. You know, you deserve this. And I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I need to feel alive again. And I'm dead. So I'm not living. So this isn't healthy for my kids to see. It's not healthy for my ex-husband. He deserves to be happy. He's a good person. Like, you deserve to be with somebody that, that adores you and loves you and wants to share life with you. Yeah. I deserve that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that's like one of the things that I think is such an amazing reflection of who you are as a person that like, you're not just saying I deserve that, but he deserves that too. And my kids deserve that example. And it can be so hard to get to that place when you're in it. But I think that your story and and what you've managed to do with your life since then is just the most amazing example of why it's okay and even necessary. So it's amazing that you met that woman at the nail salon too. Yeah. And that, that was like not a coincidence. Like I was like, okay, somebody's guiding me. And that's yeah. when I started to gain faith, Audrey. It was like I started to gain faith in what I couldn't see and that I was just being directed. And if I just let go and follow, I was going to be okay. It's such an amazing feeling. Oh, my God. I didn't feel alone anymore. I was like, yeah. okay, somebody's watching out for me. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, if somebody's listening to this who is in a similar situation to where you were that day that you were getting your nails done, you met this woman? I mean, do you feel like you found the sign or the sign came to you? Or if there's somebody who's struggling with that, like how do people let this kind of thing into their own lives? You mean like faith and synchronicities and and being open, right? Yeah, or like if there's somebody who is – Let's say they're going through the exact same motions that you were at that time in your life. So they are going to work and they come home, they check all the boxes, the the things that Mm -hmm. they need to take care of, and they go to bed and they just feel empty and like their soul is disconnected from the experience of living their life. Mm -hmm. But this woman at the nail salon is not showing up. 
Like, how do you, how do you have this in your life if this person hasn't crossed your path? Very good question. So, and I'm going to say what I, what I basically did without realizing it. Okay. And what I tell my clients to do today is this, that we have free will. Mm -hmm. Okay. So nobody or nothing can really intervene unless we ask for it. Right. Unless Mm -hmm. we need help. We say, I need help. So at the time I had let go of everything and I was just like, okay, I'm going to do this, but I need help. Like guide me and show me where am I supposed to be? And I left it at that and I just let it go. And I honestly forgot I even had asked that. And I got my signs. Okay. So I got what I needed to show me that I was on the right path. So if you are in this position right now and you don't know where to turn, all you need to do is literally either say it out loud, say it's yourself, write it down, but help me. I need help. I need support. Please guide me and show me where I'm supposed to be and show me that somebody's here with me. And you can ask for a specific sign. Like I didn't ask for a specific sign at the time. Mm -hmm. I just needed some help. But you can ask for a feather. You can ask for a butterfly. You can ask for whatever your sign is. And I have two crazy stories at that time when I finally decided to get a divorce. I I was going in um, for some kind of um, procedure that I was like just nervous about. And I was like, okay, somebody show me that like you're here with me, guiding me. I'm scared. And I literally walked out of my front door and a white feather just flew out from the sky and literally like Audrey landed on my shoulder. And I was like, like, where did that come from? Holy shit. Like, I'm, I'm magical. <laughs> Nicole, listen, you, you know, one of the things I like to do every once in a while on the podcast is end with kind of a fun question and you just answered it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it was, what's the craziest thing that you have visualized and manifested? And you just did like, I mean, unless you can top that, but well, I guess we could come back to it at the end. But I mean, that's just amazing. I actually do have something even better. Oh my Listen gosh. Okay. So. <laughs> Let's save it for the end then. We'll save okay. it. Okay. Okay. But okay. So I guess I want to know because like I do believe in energy and I think like what you put out there, you get back. And if you, I think like the energy that you consciously decide to let be a part of your life kind of dictates how things go for you. And I, I believe I'm not a psychologist, but I believe that's called neuroplasticity. Like you can kind of rework the way that your brain interprets things and then makes actions based on that. And that's, you know, that's a a step away from your feather story. But like, I, I also believe that, but there are people who, who like don't believe in manifestation or the power of the universe or, or like a God or anything like that. So, I mean, I guess for them, maybe hearing this podcast is going to change that because this is their sign. (laughs) But how do you think somebody who's not quite there in terms of spirituality can adopt these same kinds of things into their thinking about what kinds of choices they can make for themselves? So in other words, where people that don't have the faith yet in something higher, yeah, they have more control than they realize. Right. So what I always tell my clients to do is, because a lot of times my clients come to me and they're like, you know, I get it. I'm not really buying it yet. Like, you know, and I, and I start to say, okay, tell me something in your life that fell into place that you could not see how it was going to fall into place. 
Like, tell me something that you couldn't see. And, and a lot of times they're like finding you. Yeah. You know, because they're in a marriage that they're struggling with and they don't, they didn't know how to get out and they didn't know, you know, what next steps take. And they found me randomly or a friend recommended me or however my, my energy got into their life. Mm-hmm. And other times it's just, it might be like the way that they ended up going to college or the way they ended up getting a house or, and they couldn't figure out how it was going to all fall together. But somehow it actually came together, the stuff that they were picturing and wanted. And I call that anchors, right? Like what's your anchor? So what's something that you can fall back on and say, for me, my anchor was when I was 19 and I was pregnant and getting married, I had no idea, you know, where I was going to live or how I was going to, you know, mm-hmm. afford anything. And for me, we were looking at apartments and I was like, I don't want this. I didn't want to settle. I was like, I really would love to just get my own house. And we started to look at like, maybe we could buy a house. And I was looking and I was looking, we were looking and I couldn't find anything that was like good enough for like my little baby, my family. Mm-hmm. And I kept going into this one development and I was like, I really want to live here, but it was out of our price range. I was like, I really want to live here. And I didn't get it out of my head but I started to look at other places. And then all of a sudden, my ex-husband's aunt was like, if you stain my deck for me, I'll give you guys $25,000. Oh, my God. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't even know he had an aunt that had that kind of money that was that generous. I didn't know anything about that. And all of a sudden, she was like, just stain my deck and I want to give you guys $25,000 to start your life. And there you go. I, I got into the price range that I was able to be into the place I wanted to live. And I had no, I couldn't figure that out. I couldn't dream them up, right. that up if I wanted yeah, to. Yeah, you can't plan for something like that. No, it's not like, oh, I hope my, your aunt gives us money. Like, no, mm-hmm. I didn't have that. So for me, that was like one of my biggest anchors. Another anchor was when I was a little girl and I used to lay in bed and just dream of my dream life to have a husband and have a boy and a girl and be a teacher. And I would literally lay in bed in Brooklyn and I would picture like going to work, being a teacher, coming home and stopping at. Jerry's Meats at the time it was called. It was a butcher in Brooklyn and getting chicken cutlets. Cause chicken cutlets is like my family's sacred food, you know, and making chicken cutlets for my family and blah, blah, blah. And I played that life out and I created it. So I'm like, okay, something is to this. Like I knew when I was pregnant, it was a boy. I knew when I was having my second, it was a girl. I'm like, I created this. This wow. is what's happening. Yeah. And those were my anchors, you know, like the, what are your anchors? What are your things that like you couldn't picture but you just knew it was going to happen or that you couldn't picture, but it fell into place somehow, you know? Right. And those are your anchors. And then I tell my clients, ask for a sign. Like I just had said before, ask for your sign, ask for a butterfly. Mm-hmm. The other day I asked for a butterfly and I said, I walked out of my house. I went to the beach. I forgot I even asked and I haven't seen a butterfly at the beach and I don't remember one. And all of a sudden this butterfly, like a monarch, beautiful butterfly, literally came swooping down like next to me and then away. And I was oh like, my Oh my gosh. gosh, I asked for a butterfly. I forgot. Like there's my butterfly. That's amazing. So, this is where I would tell you to start mm-hmm. to just play around with it. Like let it kind of like tickle you a little bit, you know, like yeah. get curious with it and yeah. then start to implement little pieces into your life. And you'll see I'm not alone. That's amazing. And, and, you know, I think that feeling of not being alone when you're in a difficult situation and being able to to almost 
make the crack that is going to let that butterfly or that feather or whatever it is for you in that is going to help you know that you're not alone. It's it's a real game changer. And I think it can really help people connect with these feelings of, of self-worth that we're talking about. So that's amazing. Right. And that's what got me through. <laughs> right. So I want to know, I know we're talking a lot about spirituality and I want to know how much a part of your life that was when you were growing up and also self-love because you talk a lot about self-love in your writing and, and that's, you know, a lot of what you do as a coach. And so <laughs> tell us a, a little bit about where that came into your life and, and how it developed into what it is for you today. So my mom was very spiritual growing up mm-hmm. and I just thought she was a nut job, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, all right, she's crazy. What is she she conjuring up now, you know? And then as I started to get older, I was like, okay, maybe she's on to something here. You know, like Mm -hmm. maybe she knows something that I don't know. And she would play around with like tarot cards and things like that. And she would go to, she went into her own like spiritual teacher when I was younger. And I remember just thinking, that it was like scary to me. I remember being scared of our spiritual teacher. She'd come over and she'd sleep over and stuff. And I would be like, she knows something about me. I don't know. She could see through me. Like, I was wow. like, you know, so scared yeah. of her. And, but I was so curious at the same time. Okay. Uh-huh. So it was always kind of like inbred in me, you know, mm-hmm. about spirituality and about life. But my mother was more hidden with it. Like she wasn't as it wasn't as cool as it is today, you know, like yeah. it's like a new age right. now. And it, it's cool to say you meditate, you know, uh-huh. it's cool to say you play around with your chakras and things like that. Or it's at least like more mainstream. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it wasn't like that back then, you know, so I just thought, you know, my mother was a little wacky. <laughs> and <laughs> so that's where it came from within me, I believe. And I was always very curious. I'd ask her a ton of questions all the time. And as I went into college, I remember just sitting down, having discussions with her and talking to her. And, you know, I remember her actually telling me one time she was like at, in a laundromat and she felt like what she used to call Mother Mary, like come to her. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not big into religion, you know, uh-huh. and I was just like, okay, like whatever that is, you know. And then one day when I was meditating, I was looking at like my vision journal and all of a sudden I got this wave of like, energy all flooded throughout my body and it it was like the best way to describe it which just sounds funny is almost like multiple orgasms (laughs) like just going down your whole body like waves you know and I was like whoa what is this and my eyes were open like I was like and it just kept coming and kept coming and with it I got the message that it's all already yours it's all here and it was when I was looking at my vision journal and I was like okay what, what just happened? And then I talked to my spiritual teacher. I was talking to her and, you know, it was a connection to source in my highest self. And I had spoken to my mother like probably a year later. And she was like, I asked her, I was like, what was that experience that you had when we, you said we were younger? And she had told me, and I was like, that's, I, I had that, like, that's what happened. Wow. So it's the way we interpret it. You know, you could yeah. be religious and you're connected to, you know, God, you're connected to you know, who you believe, you know, Mother Mary, like, if you look at it on the, you know, more spiritual side, it's Mm -hmm. you're connected to source energy, you know, universe, that is God, like, it's all the same. It's just how you believe it. Yeah. And how it I guess how it manifests in your life. Exactly. Yeah. 
And that also, I think, is empowering because it's, it sort of puts you in the position where you get to decide what's going to lead you and what's going to influence you. That's beautiful. And you don't have to follow anybody. That's why I ask my clients, I'm like, what do you believe? You know, mm-hmm. God, like, what do you want me to say? Yeah. And I meet them where they are, you know, because mm-hmm. it's all the same. Yeah. And what about self-love? Is that something that was a part of your life or is that new? Oh, that's new. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what was, what was self-love like when you, when you were 19 and you met your ex-husband? Self-love was kind of like not a thing, honestly. I didn't even know what it meant to honor myself, to step into my power. I didn't know what it meant to meet my own needs, to be supported, to be emotionally heard, to be seen significant. Like those weren't even things that I even knew of then. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just kind of like if I as long as I marry somebody that will take care of me, then I did right. Wow. <laughs> then I then I'm living what I'm supposed to live. Yeah. I think it's interesting cuz you were just talking about how meditation and stuff it's like it's so much more normal or mainstream now and I I think self-love also. Like I don't remember hearing the term self-love 10 years ago. It's almost like an avenue that allows us to to build a better life for ourselves. It is the avenue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really is like that is the avenue. That's like, you know, what is it, Park Avenue in the city? Like that is <laughs> the avenue to take. Like yeah. that's where everything is hiding behind is when you start to honor yourself, listen to yourself, see what that little person, that little girl inside of you needs because she was been hurt. She's been neglected, you know, for so long. And when you start to actually ask her, mm-hmm. what is it that you're feeling? Like you go back to that energy of her. one of the first things I have my clients do is take out a picture of the little girl. And instantly, as soon as they see that little girl, they instantly cry. Aww. And yeah. And what they cry about is that they see like this poor little girl. She was so innocent. She needs me. She's hurting. Yeah. And that's instant connection to their, to the energy of their little person. But that little person needed, needed a lot that she didn't get. Yeah. And that's true for everybody, I think. Even if you have the best life in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Your struggles are your struggles. Even if you had like a great childhood or a great marriage, you, you feel how you feel and that's real and it can hurt even if there wasn't, you know, abuse or, Mm -hmm. or something that really crossed a line it's still you feel how you feel yeah and that's what you said like you feel how you feel is like perception Mm -hmm. and the way a little girl interprets her environment right so or a little boy you know interprets their environment like you could be busy on the phone let's say you're working right and your your son or daughter comes up to you and they they're asking you something and you're like oh give me a minute one second mommy be with you in a minute and you don't have time for them in that moment the little boy a little girl could walk away thinking Mommy has other important things besides me. Uh, right. Let me stay out of her way. She's busy. Right. And this little person learns to just stay in the background and stay out of the way because mommy can only handle so much. And you're not meaning to hurt this little person. You just tell them, right. you know, I'll be with you in a second. But it's how you're interpreting your environment. Right. And like as you get older, you start to learn that that's not something to be hurt about. But as a child, you perceive it differently. Exactly. So like on a conscious level, we look at it like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't feel that way. I shouldn't be that way. My father was just working two jobs. That's why he wasn't around. And your little girl took that as emotional abandonment or physical abandonment. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So 
it doesn't mean that your childhood was so messed up that you must, you, you know, that you have to be fixed. No, you can have a great childhood, but still have things right. that need to be worked out. The right. And life today too. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about being able to identify what your life is like and, and what you deserve and what can be different. And I want to hear more about the avenue that we all need to be taking and, and moving forward with our lives on. So we will be right back. Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. Worthy provides the smart solution for women looking to safely elevate their rings from dusty relics of hard times to financial assets to help you embrace your fresh start. Worthy covers the cost of insurance, shipping, grading, and more. So if you're going to sell, sell smart with Worthy. Go to worthy.com podcast to get started. We're ready when you are. We are back with Nicole, and I hope you guys are enjoying this as much as Nicole and I are. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, so basically, we've talked about how you take this avenue of self-love, and this is the way that if you lead with self-love, you're going to create the kind of life that is worth living, and you know, our time on Earth is so short, and you don't want to waste it living anything besides your best life. So... Mm-hmm. You had ended your marriage, and was it awesome right away? What was it like? What happened? It felt awesome at first, like in the sense that like I freed myself and I let go of all that pressure, mm-hmm. okay? So like the release of pressure felt so good, Yeah. but what didn't feel so great was like, you know, judgments of mm-hmm. people and hearing from others that this one said that or that one said this. And that was probably the hardest part in the beginning was me really stepping into my power, knowing that I was doing the right thing for me. I was doing the right thing for my family, which a lot of people would still disagree on and walking with my you know, shoulders back and my face forward and just stepping into that power of knowing that I'm doing the right thing. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Right. So, I mean, we love to talk about the stigma of divorce on the podcast and on our blog and our social mm-hmm. channels because, you know, that's that's like really the reason that we created the podcast too is there's so much to say. Like, I can't tell you how many times I see somebody write on one of our Instagram posts, God hates divorce or something. Right. Like, it's, you know, this is, it's just so loaded with judgment and it's just so unfair and, we really want to be able to provide conversations and and to reinforce to these amazing women that they are making a smart choice and they're taking care of themselves. And that's really important. And anybody who's judging them is just noise that they should block out. Yes. And when someone's judging you, what you have to also remember is it's coming from their own stuff. Right. So like perfect example was when I was at this party one time and I was just getting comfortable with like the dating world and I was like, okay, this feels good. And I'm like, okay, I, my kids are doing great. Like I feel good. And I was at one of my best friend's parties and it was her mother-in-law came up to me and was just like, Oh, how are you know, how, how are you doing? And I said, great. Like I feel good. And she was like, but I don't understand why you got divorced. And she was like, he was a good guy. Don't, don't you know everybody else? You're everybody's the same. You're just going to get that again. 
you're only going to find another guy that's going to, it's going to be the same way. They're all the same. And I was like taken back at first because I was just like, whoa, it's yeah. a whole lot of, it's a whole lot of stuff to unpack on me, you know? Yeah. Not super nice. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't very like compassionate, you know? Right. But then what happened was I just had a shift and I was like, oh my God, this poor woman, she never left because she didn't feel that she could find any better or that she could do any better or that she could honor herself. Mm-hmm. And I knew that was true because I knew from my friend that that's what the relationship was like for her in-laws, mm-hmm. right? So I was like, she's just putting her own things on me. Right. And for that, I'm just going to send her love and like wish her well. You're such an amazing person. (laughs) It was really hard at first. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it was nothing about me. Yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling of like, it's almost like she decided that there was nothing better out there for her. And so there was nothing better out there for you. And it's like, she's leading with fear. And I think it's exactly what you were saying before that if she was leading with self-love, that wouldn't have been what had stopped her. And I do want to come back and talk a little bit about people's reaction to your divorce in a little bit, but... I also, I want to jump ahead to like, was she right? Uh, that I couldn't find anybody better? Yeah. No, she was absolutely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about, about what has happened for you in the last few years? So it's funny, like I wasn't like finding anybody better, right? Like mm-hmm. I didn't even know what was wrong with my ex-husband at the time when I left because I was like, what what is wrong with me, you know? And then when I started to go down the avenue of self-love, I realized what was missing in the relationship, right? And I started to give that to myself, Mm. okay? So first and foremost, okay, I wasn't being emotionally supported, right? I wasn't being emotionally heard. Okay, well, where was that not happening within me? So I started to be there for me. I started to listen to me and be there for myself and put my needs first. And honestly, I started to have to allow myself to be vulnerable if I was going to attract somebody that could be vulnerable. So we all like to blame it on the other person, right? right? Like, well, he's just not this and he's not doing that where I learned, okay, well, what do I need to fix within me? Then if I'm attracting somebody that's emotionally unavailable or like, what am I not fully aware of? And it's like, like your little girl, right? Like what is my little girl bringing to this relationship? Absolutely. And think about it. Like in everybody's marriage, everybody's relationship, there's you and there's your husband or your partner. And then there's your little girl and there's, there's this little boy. Yeah. And and all the people who hurt both of you yes. up until the day you met each other <laughs> or judged you exactly. or told you that you weren't going to be able to find someone better than your ex-husband at your friend's party. Like yes. everything. It's all there with you all the time. So what I did was I started to listen to myself and allow myself to be vulnerable, which was a really scary thing to let someone else into my world, to let someone let my guard down. Because I thought I was, I was like, well, I talk about my feelings. I talk about this. I talk about that. But I wasn't, I wasn't letting people in to see the part of me that was fearful and the part of me that was scared and the part of me that felt insecure and the part of me that was hurt by something that somebody somebody else did, like a guy. Yeah. You know, I just acted tough all the time. Like, I can handle this. This doesn't phase me, blah, blah, blah. And I allowed myself to kind of come down and and step into my feminine energy, honestly, because I was very right. much more in my, my masculine energy of, like, 
doing and being and going to get something, you know, and I stepped more back into my feminine energy and started to love myself and hear myself and meet my needs and break down my walls with people that necessarily I was scared to do it with. Right. You know, I think it's interesting because you use the word tough. Like you said, like I stepped away from that into my feminine energy, but I think like something that I think we're all learning and and I think like society is kind of embracing right now, which is a really beautiful thing, is that that feminine energy, when you're kind of taking down your walls, it's actually, it might not be tough in the sense that it's not maybe aggressive or defensive, but it's still strength. And it's a beautiful kind of strength, being able to open yourself up in that way and say, okay, you know what? This is the core of who I am. This is the pain that I carry with me. These are the high points of my life that I carry with me. And this is the sticky, vulnerable part of who I am. But once you're able to do that, I think that's when you, you can connect with somebody in the best possible way. And, you know, we are all about saying that you don't need a relationship to be a full person, but there is something really magical about companionship, especially when it's those deepest parts of who you are, the good and the bad. And that's strength, I think. I just love you, Audrey. Oh, my yes. God. <laughs> so, I really do. I just adore you. You're so <laughs> right. Yes. So, like, there's a difference between being tough and being powerful. Right. So there's a difference between acting like you don't care and being a tough guy, but being powerful and stepping into your your strength. And it's also, I think it's bravery too. That's like another word that like maybe you wouldn't have been able to identify as female energy. But what we're talking about, like it's it's powerful, it's strength, it's bravery. Mm-hmm. Totally. And that's what I started to do. Mm-hmm. And that was really hard because let me tell you, as a little girl, I made a deal with myself that like if I didn't act tough in my environment, I was going to die. <laughs> oh my God. So you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I had to be thick skin and I had to be a tough guy. Instead of being vulnerable and saying how I felt, because that wasn't going to get met where I was. Right. So as a little girl, I thought I needed to be tough. And I would, I was the little girl that would go back at my mom and, you know, answer back all the time. And so I put on this exterior to the whole world. I mean, because I felt like this is who I needed to be to survive. (laughs) And that took a long time to take that armor off. Yeah. You know, and even to this day, like me and my boyfriend will joke and he'll say, say or do something. And then he'll be like, all right, you're acting like a porcupine. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like you have to like not go into those old habits. And I'm like, oh, you're right. Like, yes, you're right. Okay. I just really want you to hug me and love me right now. Yeah, I think like like, that's exactly it. I think like when you embrace that like real core of who you are, the good and the bad, and you can share it with a person, they can point it out to you. That's not just like self-love. That's like being able to share your self-love with somebody else and they can build it up for you. Like after you've been through this kind of relationship where you were able to recognize that it wasn't working for you, like if you're going to spend your life with somebody, it should be in this way. It should be somebody who sees the pieces of you that are a porcupine and then finds mm-hmm. a way to hug you anyway. <laughs> I mean, yep. that's like, that's, that's the point, I think. And if that's not what it is, you shouldn't feel bad about stepping away from it. It's like, I'm aware of his little boy in our relationship. And he's aware of my little girl in our relationship. And we know 
what's being played out when we think we're arguing about something, you know, silly. Mm -hmm. It's really not about that. It's about what he's, his little boy's feeling, what my little girl's feeling. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful, different relationship. You you avoid so much drama, honestly, you know, just knowing that. And like you said, lifting each other up when you need that little extra boost of a reminder. Right. And like you said, like, Yes, it's great to be on your own, but oh my God, it's just so beautiful to have like a companion that you share that with and you share you with. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think like for anybody who's listening that doesn't have that, I think like that doesn't necessarily have to be romantic. It can be like the relationship that you have with your kids or your parents Mm -hmm. or your friends or a romantic partner, but like I actually, now that I'm, I'm saying that I'm, I'm thinking that it relates also, like you have your friends, but then you have your friends who like, they don't just love you. They, they know your little girl and they love your little girl too. And Mm -hmm. like, that's the point, right? That that, those are the relationships that make life worth living. And like, you want to surround yourself with people who see all those parts of you and love you for them. Right. And you know what the the key is, is first you seeing them and Mm -hmm. accepting them. Yeah. Right. Like first you seeing that you're imperfect and that you're vulnerable and allowing other people to see that that's where you make that connection. Like one of my high school friends, I've been friends with her since I'm a freshman in high school and she's seen every stage of my life. Right. Mm -hmm. So she's been in my house when I got into a huge argument with my, you know, my mom. Right. Mm -hmm. Since I'm a little, little girl. She was the one that was there, like, where I could, we were about to leave to walk out of the house. And all of a sudden, my mother threw me with, did you do the laundry? And she's helping me fold the laundry. Like, she's... <laughs> yeah, you guys have been through it. <laughs> yeah, like, she's been through all the stages. And yeah. it's such a beautiful thing that, like, now she knows me in and out, you know? And yeah. that's such an, like you said, it doesn't have to be just an intimate partner. You have these friends, and you also have friends that you don't know a lifetime that just are soul totally. connections that you instantly yeah. feel like you could be naked in front of them. You'll bear your soul. Mm-hmm. That's what connection and vulnerability is. Yeah. When you are making that decision to leave a marriage, or you've just left a marriage, and and you you're surrounded by that kind of judgment, and like people are going to say something, even like. Like you had the, you have the story and you made the right choice, you know, like when there's so much judgment, it, it can be hard to feel like there are people like that at all. But you shared this really beautiful article with Worthy. It's called Why My Kids Still Like Me After I Divorced Their Dad. Let me start just by thanking you for sharing this story and for writing it because I, I see all the comments that people write on this when we share it and this article means the world to people. There are so many people who are in the middle of making this decision and they're so afraid of how it's going to affect their children. And, you know, it's one thing for your friend's mom to say something to you or your friend's mother-in-law, like even like good stuff, like the woman at the nail salon. But like yes. at the end of the day, there's, you know, that your divorce is going to impact your kids. Like we, we actually have been talking about this, this whole episode, how you have like all these little things, whether it's intentional or not, like kids carry experiences with them forever. And I think that for so many people, this is the hardest part. And what you wrote, I think, is so liberating for people who are worried about this. So I'm going to read a little piece of it. And then I want you to tell us about your amazing kids and your relationship with them. Okay. (laughs) So you wrote, most would think I was crazy to leave the life that I had. It looked great on the outside. What I did after my divorce is what I wish for everyone else out there. I created a life that finally feels good on the inside rather than looks good on the outside. 
And quite honestly, I think I did even better. I created both. It looks and feels damn good. And that right there is how I managed to raise kids that actually like me after a divorce. And you also wrote, My daughter told me that my spirit is different today. I am genuinely happy now. I am at peace. I find love all around me and in everything I do. My son comes home from college now and he tells me how he manifested this and manifested Mm -hmm. that. He began to seek his own truth and find his own power without me shoving it down his throat. He grew up with me in that environment in the past few years. He now understands me and thanks me for being who I was for him. My other daughter told me that she still likes me because she knew I would always love her no matter what. She knew just because we weren't a nuclear family, she was still always loved by her mom and her dad, and her needs were always met. My kids still like me even after a divorce because through me, they are truly finding themselves. They are owning their own power, seeing that nothing is impossible, dreaming in amazement as they watch all of my dreams come true. They are truly learning how to love themselves. So let's all wipe our eyes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I love those little people. Yeah. That, that piece that like you taught your kids to love themselves and take care of themselves. And I can't, I can't even imagine a better lesson than that. And, you know, it's, I, don't, I don't know if it was this article or another one. It might have been this one where I got some feedback on it, like you said, from people that were scarred from their own parents' divorce, basically, mm-hmm. you know, and, and were staying in a marriage that they were unhappy with because that's what God says they should do, you know? Mm-hmm. And it struck me, like, how lucky I was right. to not listen to the outside and and trust what I instilled in my children, trust that we would always be okay, and just trust that I was doing the right thing because now my kids, I mean, I... I don't know anybody that has a better relationship with their kids, honestly. Like, I absolutely adore every single one of them. They're so different. They all have their own little personalities. And like in the article I wrote about my son, when my son was about 14, he's 19 now. Mm -hmm. When he was about 13 or 14, I think he saw me crying in the kitchen because I was very you know, torn, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do. And he, he was around, you know, like you said, kids see things, they hear things, you know, they know right. things. And he just came over to me and he's a boy, you know, he wasn't as emotional. He had always struggled a little bit with his emotions. And he just came over to me and he hugged me and he was like, mom, I'm going to go away to college in a few years. You have to be happy. He was oh. like, yeah, like I, I could cry thinking about it. And from that moment, I was like, I need to teach my kids like to go after what they want and to make themselves happy. And if my little person, you know, is telling me like, mom, you have to be happy. How do I show him? No, I'm not going to be happy. I'm not going to go after my happiness. I'm going to settle. Like, how do I do that? Yeah. And, you know, from that moment, I was just like, I'm doing a good job, <laughs> you know, like my kids get it. And yeah, it was shocking, you know, to my little ones. My my daughter was, how old was she? She was about seven, my youngest, when I got divorced. And my other one was about 10. And it was, you know, shocking to them. But I talked to them every step of the way. I listened to their feelings. 
I acknowledged them. It wasn't always perfect because I was doing my own healing, you know. At times, they were sometimes being supportive for me. But we went through it together. And, like, my daughter just had her sweet 16. And even for her candle that she wrote me, like, she doesn't know anybody stronger and, and more powerful. And seeing me go after my dreams has done nothing but inspired her. And she admires me. And I'm just like, okay, my little one, she's like the spiritual little being. <laughs> she puts me in check sometimes. Wow. Um, but yeah, we're like a team. And then when my boyfriend came into my life, I was just kind of like, how is this going to fit in? Like, this is my team, you know, like, mm-hmm. these are my little people. You know, you have to be really special to come into my world, you know, mm-hmm. my life. And when he came in, at first there was resistance, you know, from two of them. The one, My little one welcomed him right away <laughs> because she, she senses energy. And she, like, she said to me, she's like, Mom, I, I, he has such great energy. Like, he's such a nice person. And my other two were a little more resistant. But slowly but surely, he's our world now. Yeah. And, and you know, I sit on the couch at night sometimes and there, I see him holding my daughter's hand and my other daughter's hand, and they're just sitting there watching TV, and he's holding both of their hands. And I just sit back, and I'm like, this is what I dreamed of. Like, this is what I dreamed of. And it never would have happened if you hadn't had the courage and the self-love to say, I want my life to be more than this. Exactly. And it's not me. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's not my fault. Like, I don't have to settle. You know, I had a belief that I I don't get what I want. Mm-hmm. So I had to reverse that belief big time yeah. to get what I wanted in life. Right. Thank you so much for sharing all of those details about your your team. I mean, it's so sweet. <laughs> and I know that there are so many people who need to hear that leaving a life that isn't as good as it could be for you is raising the bar that your kids are going to set for the rest of their lives as they make their decisions of what they want to do and who they want to be with. And society might tell us all the time that the best thing that we can do for our kids is to stay married or to Mm -hmm. model that kind of devotion. Um, I think there's this is a real family with a real story and there is so much value here. And if you're feeling guilty about it, just remember that, that you're modeling strength and power and bravery. And it's an amazing gift to give to your kids, even if there are hard moments of it. Totally. And this kind of sums it up this little, little story of my daughter. My daughter was talking to her, her aunt. So it was my ex sister-in-law mm-hmm. and she said she wanted a, you know, Cartier bracelet or a ring. I can't remember which one it was. And my ex-sister-in-law said, oh, you better marry rich then, Tor. <laughs> and my daughter, Victoria, said, marry rich? I'm going to get it. And I was like, yes. damn, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. I That's amazing. It. Well, you you did it. You're doing it. You're about to do it again, right? <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm seven months pregnant. <laughs> yeah, which is like just the best news ever, I think, because you are obviously such an amazing mother and, and such a wonderful presence to have in a little child's life. And, and I'm so mm. excited for, for your new baby. But we're Thank running out you. of time. And I really want to make sure that we talk a little bit about your coaching business and the different ways that people can interact with you aside from listening to this podcast and uh, reading your, your articles that you write for us because <laughs> you do so much. And I want to make sure that you have an opportunity to share that with everybody. So 
I have my group with amazing, amazing, amazing women that are all like you are. And it's called Manifest Love Through Self Love. Uh, there's free trainings in there. There's different courses you can take. This group is on Facebook, right? This is on Facebook, mm-hmm. yes. And um, connecting with other women and fe- not feeling alone is one of the biggest things. And I provide an outlet for all of you to come be yourselves, you know, strip down to your soul, talk about what's going on for you. I can't tell you, Audrey, how many people come to me and say, I'm in an unhappy marriage. I, I don't know where to start. I don't. How did you do it? Mm-hmm. And that was what I needed to provide for, for other women. So that's Manifest Love Through Self Love on Facebook. You can also follow me on Instagram at Nicole Amatoro. Mm-hmm. Facebook, you can also follow me at Nicole Amatoro. I make it very easy. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll actually link all of all of your channels on worthy.com slash podcast. So you also have you have a website, right? Yep, my website is NicoleAmatoro.com. I want you to talk because you've got this, you have the Fly Girl Academy, you have all these different things that you're doing to help people kind of realize the power of self and and heal so that they can manifest the same love that you have in your life now. So tell us a little bit about, about the kinds of things that you offer there. Okay, so I have always my one-on-one coaching, mm-hmm. which allows you to, you know, go deep within your yourself and get that individualized attention. Then I also have Love in 21, which is a manifestation of love course, which would kind of come after you do the healing part, right? Mm-hmm. When you're ready for, to manifest the love into your life. And that's a digital course. I have Heal in 21, which is another digital course. If you, you know, you don't have the ways to work one-on-one with me, those are your options. Mm-hmm. And then I also have Fly Girl Academy. Fly stands for First Love Yourself. And it's an experience. So it is a group coaching program that's extremely affordable for everyone to get into, whether you're working through being in a marriage that doesn't work for you, you're trying to figure it all out, whether you're single and you're trying to heal and manifest love, but first you know you need to heal yourself. Mm -hmm. This is all through Fly Girl Academy. We talk about vibration, energy, healing your, your little girls, but I don't want to go too much into it because there's so much exciting parts of it that yeah. I want you to experience it yourself. <laughs> Great. So we will link to you. And also, I mean, I know you have a baby coming, but we're going to have to yes. have you back on the podcast because I have had a blast. <laughs> and oh, I, I love you. <laughs> you just have, you have so much wisdom to share. And I think, you know, your story is just so relatable and you are just such a beautiful example of a woman who really did embrace her fresh start after divorce and and you show what life is really about. It's not, you know, the car that you have in your driveway or the mm-hmm. house that you have. It's it's how you feel and and the way that you interact with yourself and other people and it's just such an amazing thing. But before I let you go, we have that final question that we teased before. <laughs> and now I'm dying to know what is the craziest thing that you have visualized and manifested in your life, Nicole? Well, it actually changed from what I was going to tell you. Oh, but, we could tell us um, both. Okay. <laughs> we'll go crazy. We're wild today. I love mm-hmm. it. <laughs> okay. So one of them was when I was looking for my signs, um, I had been seeing 444, which are angel numbers. Mm-hmm. And I went to the Mac machine to take out $400 one day. And I think we all know you can't take out like singles, right? At a Mac machine. Yeah. And I typed in four, I literally typed in $400, 
guess what I got out of the math machine? $444. (gasps) Oh, my God. (laughs) Isn't that insane? And it gave you singles? It gave me singles. That's wild. And I looked at my receipt, and it said 444. Okay, you've changed my mind about literally the whole universe in this episode. (laughs) Wow. I was, like, mind blown. Yeah, that's wild. Wow. Yep. So that was that was that. And then honestly, right now, my little baby, my little baby inside of me is one of the biggest manifestations that I didn't even realize how powerful I was being. So when we first met me and my boyfriend, we had a name picked out for my little man and Aww. or our little man before he was even into existence. Uh-huh. And what we would do is we would we would call him by his name all the time. You know, we'd be like, oh, you know, when I'll just announce his name, his name is going to be Nolan Parker. And when we would talk about Nolan, we'd be like, oh, Nolan's going to, wait, no, Nolan's here. And then I would look in the backseat of my car and pretend Nolan was there. (laughs) And we would go to the mall and my boyfriend would like wheel a carriage and he would call, you know, he'd be like, pretend the baby was in there. (laughs) And then we went to like um, this little town and there was a Christmas shop and we saw the, the ornament that said Nolan. And we bought it and we were like, okay, like we're, you know, we know we're going to have him. It's just like, you know, when, right? Oh, wow. And at night I would lay in bed and I would, my, you know, boyfriend would just have his arms around me and it would be on my stomach and I would picture like, oh, when I'm, you know, when we're yeah. pregnant, this is what it'll feel like, blah, blah, blah. And sure enough, my little man came into, into existence. Wow. <laughs> and I love that name. It sounds like an expensive brand. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's great. And it's it's such a beautiful story. And I'm just, I'm so happy for you. And I'm so happy for our listeners who have the opportunity to work with you and find they're happy too, because there is a bright future out there for everybody. And we all have the same ability to create the life that we truly deserve for ourselves. So yes, Nicole, yes, thank yes. you so much. And we're going to have you back soon. I can't wait. Or yeah. <laughs> so and again, go to worthy.com slash podcast to find all things Nicole, because we know that you are as big of a fan of hers as we are. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks again to Nicole for joining us and to all of you for listening. Next week, we'll be chatting with Lauren McKinley and going deep into her personal story of infidelity in her marriage. Lauren is an incredible example of a strong and sweet woman who managed to create an amazing life for herself after a traumatic first marriage. We're especially excited to bring you this episode because so many of you have reached out asking us to talk about infidelity. It's one of the reasons we opened our new Facebook group, Worthy Women in Divorce. We love to hear from you and want to keep giving you the content that will best help you embrace your fresh start. If you haven't joined yet, you can find a link at worthy.com slash podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle in your feed weekly. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. Worthy is an online auction platform designed to help you sell valuable items like an engagement ring or a wedding set. When you decide to send your ring in, we pay for the shipping and insurance to ensure that it arrives safely to our New York office. Once we receive the ring, we have it professionally graded and photographed, which helps it sell competitively in our buyer network. One of the best parts of working with Worthy is that you get to set the minimum on your item. 
After the grading, our gemologists will give you a recommended selling minimum, but at the end of the day, you get to decide how much you want to sell the ring for. If the highest bid comes in below that threshold and you decide not to accept it, we'll send you your ring back and we'll even cover the costs of the insured shipping again. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Are you ready to embrace your fresh start? Us too. Go to worthy.com slash podcast to learn more.